Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Sound Off Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shovinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, boys. UC 296 to go over the Day of Reckoning boxing card featuring Joshua and why they're going down, as well as a bit of news. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a holiday edition of the podcast, of the Quartet Sound Off Podcast. This will be coming out right before Christmas. If you guys haven't done your shopping yet, why don't you go ahead and hit up Rogue Energy or Elixir.com, our two sponsors of the show. Rogue Energy, keep me fueled up uh, no matter where I'm at, whether I'm at the gym, whether I'm watching UFC with the boys, whether I'm hanging out at home. Keeps It gets me to the finish line. It can help you get there as well. With code sound off a checkout for 10% off. Elixir, the exact opposite. If you want to chill out, have a nice night with some Delta 8, go ahead and hit them up. Code sound off for 10% off. They've got blunts, they've got rolls, they've got, you know, they've, they've got it all there. They've got gummies. And uh, once again, code sound off for both of those, Elixir.com and Rogue Energy. Like I said, it's a holiday. Why don't you go ahead and buy something for somebody or treat yourself, you know. Uh, nonetheless, though, uh, look, man, UFC 296 going down last Saturday night from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, you know, there was a lot of talk going into it, a whole lot of talk. Dead, dead fathers. Oh, uh, God. The president was going to, the former president uh, was going to put the title around his waist. I was, I thought, I was like, I was about to say, Justin, Big Joe was there? <laughs> <laughs> Big Joe, <laughs> Big Joe. <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking, with the loss now, fucking, he's going to become a huge Joe Biden fan. No, but anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. Colby Covington, for all that talk, ends up getting absolutely dominated by Leon Edwards. Uh, Rocky ends up winning on the card, 49-46, uh, Look, dude, um, Colby had success in the final round. He was able to get Leon down. Um, outside of that, though, Leon won every single facet of the fight, even taking Colby down two times as well. Um <laughs> He battered him on the feet. He battered the legs. I know some people were saying, like, he didn't go for a finish, and I think that's definitely fair. You can't say that. But still, it was one-sided domination. What did you make of the fight? And what did you make of Colby Covington afterwards coming out and saying that he was robbed and so on and so forth and yada, yada, yada? I mean, overall, I think I'm disappointed. Um, not in the fight itself, but at, at, at the end of the day, um, Leon did what he had to do, you know. Uh Colby looked, in my opinion, I thought he looked old. Um, it was weird. I think kind of like the typical Colby things we see, that pressure coming forward, maybe taking a hit or two and kind of getting a few changes and then going for the takedown. Like, none of that was present in this fight. Um, on top of that, dude, it, I love one thing that the Colby's corner did say. They're like, Colby, you're the challenger. You, you, you need to be going out there. And that's something I think a lot of people forget. Uh, it's like there, there's a reason the champ is called the defending champ and, and the challenger is called the challenger. <laughs> you know, a, the, the champ is going to defend his title in whatever capacity that is. And sometimes that's fighting a pretty safe fight. And then, you know, you as the challenger, you got to penetrate through that defense, however that is, and get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's partially why – I mean, I, I know that we talked about it a little bit on fight night. And I know there's something that a lot of people have pointed out since. But the commentary on the night of uh, – 
you know, talk about, oh, it's bad optics for Leon to not do this or not do that. Why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? It's like the, it's like a lot of people forgot, and Colby himself forgot that he's the fucking challenger. And in order to win the title, you do have to go ahead and do something, you know? Um, yeah, he got outstruck on the feet. He got taken down. I mean, is this I – mean, we, we have to also talk about this part of it, too. You know, on on fight night, Leon headed into enemy territory. He was being booed heavily. Colby coming into the entire thing is being a shtick. But he was almost the favorite in a lot of people's eyes going into the matchup. Trump was there. They had the whole USA chance. And then the fight ends. And that same crowd that was nonstop Colby Covington booed him out of the fucking arena by, uh, during his post-fight speech. Trump himself didn't even stay around for his post-fight speech. Um, it kind of feels like it's not the end of the gimmick because he doubled down in his post-fight scrum and in his post-fight interview. But does it feel like that he's starting to actually lose whatever fan base he actually has? Because for a long time, you're able, he was able to talk the talk and walk the walk. Now it's, that was a abysmal performance on Saturday. Yeah, no, I, I am 100% sure he lost some fans after that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and something we, we should also say too is, uh, he went ahead and afterwards he called out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. What do you, what do you think about that, Angel? I know that I said. Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. <laughs> we are not actually like, you know, try to justify or say this is actually a good idea. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's asking for Wonderboy after a lot. I mean, I guess he lost too, but come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, dude. Um, and I, I thought it was funny because on the night of, I said, like, you know, he just gonna, he just thinks he can beat Wonderboy and can probably get a title shot, you know, and then he called out Wonderboy. It's like, fuck, dude, fucking, <laughs> I was right on that one. Uh, but yeah, dude, in terms of Rocky, man, um, a dominant win. We don't really know what's next. Uh, the entire build up to this fight, uh, and for, for months now, Bilal Muhammad was supposed to be the next challenger. On night of, on fight night, Dana was like, I don't know. You know, like, I'm not going to commit to that. Uh, do you think it will end up being Blah Muhammad next? Um, I think it should be, and I think it will be. I think that he'll actually get it. Unless we get a fight announcement, Josh. Shockbot Rockbottom versus <laughs> Blah Muhammad, a title eliminator. Yeah, right? Which doesn't sound actually insane. I feel like they would actually do that. I would agree that they would do that. However, apparently, Shaukot, who we're going to talk about in a minute anyway, uh, apparently he fought Wonderboy with a torn something in his leg so that he's going to need surgery for. Man. Yeah. Something in his leg. Was, I don't remember exactly what the, what the injury was. But, yeah, he's going to need to go get surgery. So that's uh, that kind of takes Shaukot even out of the conversation. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Below I mean, should see, be yeah. chilling, dude. Like, who? they're not going to give anybody else that fight right now. Yeah, they really, they really shouldn't. Um, weirder things have happened, though. Weirder th- I mean, he got – Colby jumped him once. So, I mean, it's just – See, the yeah, thing already, is, I don't even think – before, so. As I, as I say, I, see, the thing is, I don't even think it's like who's Leon fighting next. Who's Colby fighting next? I know I know you already kind of brought up the Wonder Boy thing that he had mentioned, but I'm like, like, realistically, who who's he going to fight next? I thought Sean Brady. I, that's what I said the night of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could see him retiring. But I hope. No, I'm just <laughs> no, it's just a, no, I mean, I could genuinely see Colby retiring. Not because he's not at that level or not that he's, you know, not confident or whatever. But I think um, 
he probably doesn't want to try and I, I think he realizes that he's not going to he's not going to be in a position like this again. You know what I mean? There's only so many times where you can go ahead and get a title shot after one win. I mean, that's happened three times in a row now. But this fight was so bad that he's going to need to string together some wins in order to get a shot at the belt. And I don't think he's going to want to do that. And I also don't think he's going to fight guys like Shopcott because he already said he's not going to fight Shopcott. <laughs> it's just in guys like Shopcott in his post-fight uh, speech. Do you, do you so, really think he wants to fight Shopcott? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, he made it clear in his post-fight uh, scrum that he, he doesn't want to fight Shopcott or any other young guy. That's why he called that Wonder Boy. So, I mean, I, I maybe Colby will come back. You know, maybe he'll get, but I can, I, I think we're at that point now where he's probably, he's probably in like the Dustin Poirier situation, which is funny because, you know, they've talked about fighting in the past where it's kind of like, you know. Should they make that fight for the UC 300? Shit. I wouldn't hate it. Neither guy's doing anything right now. You know? Shit. He, you know, Dustin really doesn't want to fight contenders or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and they, he's been upfront about it. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know who Colby's going to fight next. Realistically, it could be, if I had to put a name out there, he'll fight Poirier, if I had to guess, Poirier in like a year. I don't know. That's just my, that's my general guess. Fuck I don't think he's going to fight, I don't think he's going to fight anybody in the rankings. He's shown no interest in wanting to do that, you know. They should have hired S. Josh as the, as the matchmakers did. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the issue, the issue is, is that, we wouldn't work for them because the guys that we want to like, they, they, I don't know how they view Colby Covington. A lot of a lot of it just depends on how the matchmakers and how Dana views Colby at this point. Like if they think he's still worth the draw, you know, um, then maybe they'll give him wonder boy and a title shot, you know, like, <laughs> like, uh, it, it's, it's more than possible. I mean, he's going to be 36 in, a, in less than two months. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, they they keep on going back to the well with him, so realistically, that could happen again, you know? But at the same time, it just depends on how they feel. That's why I think it's too early to tell, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, any any closing thoughts on the main event? Because I do want to talk about that co-main event as well. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think outside of what we've already mentioned, I think we kind of recapped it well. Uh, like I said, a little uh, underwhelming, but not not surprising because I thought that that was like how the fight ended up playing out could have been one of the outcomes in my head. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, I would have wanted a little bit more. Uh, I do kind of wish Leon would have put a little bit more emphasis. I will say it now because he looked good. I think he could have done whatever he wanted in there, and he he didn't. I don't know if he could have got Colby out of there. Colby's a, obviously a hard guy to finish. I've mm-hmm. never never been a you know knocked out or choked out. Uh, you know, obviously, yeah, the fight stopped with a uh, fake stoppage, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, even then, right, debatable. But no, I, I, I just wanted more out of both guys a little bit, I will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is more than fair, dude. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't have any, I don't have too many more deeper thoughts on it. I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, DC and Joe have been uh, have been criticizing Leon a lot for not pushing the pace and not getting a finish. And I get that. But Colby's also a hard guy to finish and uh I don't know. I guess I don't I guess I don't know what people wanted out of him. Um I thought he clearly won, you know, twenty two minutes of the fight, so you know it is what it is. Um regardless, man, that co main event uh was an interesting one. Alexander Pantoja defeating Brandon Roy Val by unanimous decision fifty forty five, fifty forty five, forty nine, forty six on the scorecards, uh, fifth win in a row for Pantoja, first ever title defense 
Uh, Brandon Royval had some moments, especially on the feet in that fifth round. It looked like he was starting to put a comeback together, was unable to get the finish. What did you make of it? Look, I thought I thought Royval kind of, before the fight, kind of gave me what I expected. Tough, always going to be there, uh, you know, full effort. And uh, Pantoja was just, uh, like, overall, the whole fight a step ahead. I will say I was a little... I don't know. That after the fact, I felt some type of way about it, especially how the fight ended and everything, because especially in the wrestling department, he kind of got to do whatever he wanted to Ravel. Uh, some of the little striking exchanges late, like like you mentioned, there were kind of uh, interesting. They, they you kind of thought, okay, maybe he can he can get something going here. Could could we see some late uh, late fight magic? It didn't end up getting that, but I feel like. Both guys kind of showed us what we already knew about both of them, and, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was an okay fight, man. I mean, I, look, I, I, I liked that both those guys emptied the gas tank. They both went for it. Brandon Roy Val will be back, man. I think this is still a guy that's improving leaps and bounds. And you saw that from the first fight to the second fight, man. That that first fight happened just over two years ago. It wasn't that long ago. But I feel like he's improved leaps and bounds, and it showed in the fact that he did not get overwhelmed. He showed his class. First ever five-round fight for him, too, I believe. Um, yeah, Brandon Royval is going to be around for the long haul. In terms of Pantoja, man, you know, maybe not as exciting of a title offense you want for your first, but, dude, he's coming off a fight-of-the-year contender. I'm not going to say it's the fight-of-the-year. Sound off his awards uh, are, uh, next week, you know, but um, – <laughs> Yeah, uh, a very, a very uh, nice win for him. Uh, more than likely going to be facing the winner of Brandon Moreno, Amir Aldazi, which, dude, I mean, Brandon, Brandon Moreno, more than likely. I mean, I, I'm, I like Aldazi. I'd probably pick him in that fight. Um, Brandon Moreno, I mean, I mean, we're looking at potentially Brandon Moreno being a part of not only the first quadrilogy in UFC history, but the second. And the craziest part is, is that he's already lost three times to Pantosha. <laughs> But shit, maybe four times the charm, man. Um, well, what what, what on tough, but you know we don't count those on the record. I know they they sometimes they sometimes count, and they sometimes don't. You know, like it's it's weird. But uh, yeah. Regardless, what do you think about that uh, being the next uh, potential either Amir Albazi or Brandon Reno being next for Panzoja? I like that they have a killer path. I think that was uh, I'm glad that UFC made that matchup because uh, obviously there was some disappointment with the KK, KKF fight. Um obviously with the, that decision at the time and uh, just kind of kind of give that reinforcement for if it balls, he does beat Brandon kind of like, okay, I, I deserve this shot. You know, I, I was meant to be here and for Brandon kind of a, another opportunity by taking on a guy who's, you know, who's right there too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy they made the matchup officially going down in, in Mexico city. I believe in February, I want to say. Um, so, yeah, we won't have to wait that long to see it, man. Uh, Flyweight is popping right now, man. Flyweight's a fucking killer division, and I'd uh, love to see it moving, man. Um, speaking of killers, dude, we mentioned him a couple of minutes ago. Shavkat Rachmanov, he allegedly fought Wonderboy injured. You know, they had they had Tenacious D in the corner. Uh, in the end, though, it did not matter for Wonderboy. Uh, Shavkat gets the submission win in round two, moves to 18-0. and 0. 18 wins, all coming by way of finish. Jesus Christ. Uh, what did you make of his win on Saturday? Not the most, imp- like, you know, pleasing fight to watch, but it was domination. He got the finish, though, man. I knew, uh, like, no matter what, I knew I was going to be there. Because the one thing about Chalfa, you know he's always going to try to get that finish. You know mm-hmm. he's always going to get it. All he knows is kill, man. 
All he sees is red, Josh. <laughs> this man doesn't always sees red. If you look through his eyes, all he sees is red. That's all he sees. Yeah, man. Um, he got him out of there, though. Like, regardless yeah. of what anybody says, like, Waterboy's a hard guy to get out of there. His only ever loss was a Pet- uh, Anthony Pettis Superman punch. Before before this fight, nothing had ever finished Wonderboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that was the first time Wonderboy had been submitted, too. You know, for a guy that's not really thought of as being uh, decent on the map, that was his first ever submission loss, man. And uh, and look, I'll give I'll give Wonderboy some credit, man. Um, he had some like he wasn't really taken down early in that first round. He was able to stay on his feet. He showed great balance, especially for being forty years old. Um, I thought maybe he was even going to make it to the make it to the third. Got submitted in the final seconds, though. Um, yeah, I mean, look, man, basically a flawless victory for Shavkat Rachmanov, man. Um, I'm not sure who will fight next. Uh, realistically, I, I mean, in an ideal world, like I mentioned, like I think like they'll probably give Colby like a, an easy, like a relatively a tune-up fight next, you know, which is just generally how they booked him for his career, right? Um, I, ideally, though, I would book uh, Leon versus Bilal, and then I would book uh, fucking Shavkat versus uh, Colby. That was that's my ideal world, you know. And then the winner of Kevin Holland versus MVP versus Wonderboy. Fuck it, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they should it. hire us. <laughs> no, well, anyways. Wait, well, we're going to get cut. If, we, if MVP wins that, though, Josh, we get uh, Wonderboy and Holland, too. Exactly. Yeah, and that, but the first one was a fucking banger. You I, know? Guess you're right. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. So I wouldn't hate it. And by the time they fight, it would be what? But, but you agree, though. Chauvin's next in line, though. Like, he has to be near the top, yeah. Right after, if, once Bilal gets his title shot, whoever wins that, he gets the winner of that, and and that's it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I he has to be he has to be very close. Like I understand that they got to they got to give Bilal the title shot, you know. Um, he worked his ass off, and he won a title eliminator. Man, like, why do we keep on doing fucking title eliminators over time, giving this guy the title <laughs> shot? You know. Uh, but uh, yeah, they got to give him to it next. Regardless, though, dude. Um. Yeah, that was, that was, there were two fights in this card that were seen as like sacrifices. You know, it's clear who the UC <laughs> wanted to win here. Jesus, Josh. It, it's true, it's true. It's clear who the UC wanted to win in some of these fights. So we'll go ahead and hit the next one on the main card. Patty Pimblett, Patty the Batty, back for the first time in a year, defeats Tony Ferguson by unanimous decision, 30-27s across the board. You know, here's what I'll say. I, I don't know how you feel about it. I think Patty Pimblett showed improvement, and at the same time, I'm still kind of underwhelmed. I don't know. I don't know. Is is it, I don't know how you feel. That's kind of how I feel about it. What did you make of that fight, man? To extent, I mean, there's a little things you got to get. He's been gone. He's been gone for a while. He's coming off a of surgery uh, in this leg. Uh, he was in a high pressure situation, like, like always in every fight, right? Uh, taking on a game guy in Tony, who I know late lately hasn't been, and for a while now, you know, hasn't been looking that great. But he, he, you know, he's still a dangerous man in there. Um, the cardio kind of looked a little rough in, near the end, um, which was a worry. But look, at, at the, in the end, Patty ended up getting a result. He was the result that UFC wanted to get. The result he wanted to get, and the result that we expected to get. Um, but you're right; there is some little red flags there. But I, I do think they can be adjusted. It's just uh, they need to happen now, you know. Hmm. And that there's not a lot of time to wait. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, in regards to Patty Phillip, I see some people who are like, oh, you know, he's still he's still improving. He's still this. He's you know he's he's still young, but like, look, man, he's not fresh off the contender series. Patty Pimlet's gonna be 29 in a month. <laughs> um, he's a he's approaching 30 very fast, dude. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I was not that impressed. Like, yeah, like he had the long layoff, um, which is true. He's coming off an injury. So I'm willing to give him a lot of, a lot of credit. And now here's what I will also say. I also thought Tony Ferguson showed more life in this fight than he has in a long time. You know? Oh, yeah. Like he dropped Bobby Green, sure. You know, and, and he didn't, I mean, he was technically, I believe he was winning the fight, the Nate fight on the scorecards until he got subbed. Um, but this is the first time that he looked like alive in there. He was kind of trying to push the pace. And that third round, man, you got to give Patty some credit. I mean, Tony was coming on. It looked like Patty was tired. Tony was landing. He even outlanded him in that round, I believe, by like 10 strikes overall, if you look at the UC stats. Um, he was pushing the pace early in round three, and Patty, using the veteran move, took him down, kept him down there, and got the win. Um, I guess the only thing to really ask after UC 296, I mean, it was a busy, busy card, big night. Here's what I'll ask you. Who did a better job in the corner, Angel? Was it David Goggins or was it Tenacious D? David Goggins was in the corner of was was in the corner of Tony. Tenacious D, you know, Jack Black, Kyle Gass, they were in the the corner of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Who do you think did better on Saturday night? I'll tell you what, only one of those fights went to distance, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess what you're saying is that Tony carried the boats to the finish line. He didn't win, but he got there. Yep. <laughs> uh Anyways, I mean, well, I mean, I will say they're both they're both better than Joshua Fabius, though. That is, you got to give him credit, you know. Um, oh, did they go to the corner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Um. Anyways, man. Um. Next up on, dude, what a fucking main card, though. I mean, I will say, like, you know, maybe not all these fights were the best, but in terms of like just crazy shit happening, I mean, I thought we were talking about it. We literally thought Bryce Mitchell thought maybe maybe died on Saturday. I mean, he got knocked out in the first round against Josh Emmett, main card opener, inside of two minutes, stiffened up badly from one shot, and then had a seizure. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, man, I mean, what do you what do you have to say about that? I mean, that was a horrifying sight. I said it that night, man. I think I think we find out what his level is. You know. Um... Because, man, Josh Emmett and the Taporia, man, those losses both – like, his two losses have both looked very, very rough, you know? Mm-hmm. And granted, you got you to gotta look at the opponents he's fighting. Josh Emmett, probably the hardest hitting 145 or maybe ever. Uh, and then Elia, who's going to be fighting for the title soon here, man. Like, I'm, I'm not going to give him the hardest time, but I do think, like – yeah, I do think the level's been kind of measured. He, I think he is maybe a top 15 guy, but he's near the bottom – and he'll beat a lot of guys and get a lot of matchups. And then there's matchups where he's really going to have a hard time. And I thought I thought we were going to get to this point in the Edson Barbosa fight. It's, it took us a little longer, but we got to it a little a little later than what I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, we definitely know the limo. We, the, we definitely know, like, the level that Bryce Mitchell is at. Now, granted, he took this fight on short notice, you know, um, which is definitely – you know, you could definitely argue that definitely played somewhat of a role. I mean, he had a week, a bit over a week, I believe, like 11 days, almost two weeks, excuse me. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't know what what to really say about this. I, I need to see, uh, I need to see him take a lot of time off, dude. Um, that's kind of my main thought on it. I I don't want to see Bryce Mitchell back in there for like at least 
at least be, a year. Yeah. I think I think it will take time off. I think he. I think he'll be intelligent enough, believe it or not, to do that. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, man. That's the type of that's the type of injury that changes your entire fucking life. So. Um, oh yeah. come on, Josh! You're telling me getting punched in the head is not healthy. I know, I know, crazy, crazy, fucking. <laughs> I'm too soft, man. It's getting to me. It's getting to me. Um, regardless, though, man. Regardless. Um, in terms of the freelance, you actually used to be cool, Josh. You wanted pride rules. I still want pride rules. I still want pride rules. Rules have nothing to do with it. I'm just talking about, you know, that 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 poor guy, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Regardless, regardless, man. Um, yeah. In terms of those prelims, there were a couple of bangers on there. A couple big finishes. Which fights do you most want to talk about? I mean, we we got to talk about the ladies that punched in their number late into the fight of the year conversation, dude. Irene Aldana, Carol Rosa. That came out of nowhere. Like I knew, I saw that matchup and I was like, okay, this could be a banger. I, you know, and you never know. You sometimes you call that and the fight ends up being good or just all right. Yeah. But man, they really threw down, bro. Like they really threw it the fuck down. Those ladies got fucking basically a standing ovation, lots of love, and they both had to go to the hospital immediately afterwards. I think like that shit was awesome. Mm-hmm. Especially for Irene too, after her last performance, you know, being not really putting it all out there. I feel like against Amanda and taking some big risk, like. It was a good one to come back to, but at the same time, you kind of sit there and think it's like, where was this in that Amanda Nunes fight, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, that that was one of the worst title five performances of the year. Um, but she just looked like she was shell shocked. Just it looked like the moment got to got to Aldana a little bit. Um, not the case here though. Like you said, these two ladies put their name straight into the fight of the year conversation. A straight up fucking banger. Uh, you couldn't ask for much better than this, man. Um, and obviously, they got the fight of the night bonus. Love to see it, you know. Um, but that was not, you know, that was obviously the best fight on the prelims. But there were some other very, very big ones we also got to highlight, too. I mean, Dustin Jacoby, Alonzo Menafield, that was a very fun fight putting on a show. Justin Jacoby, man, won 13 of 15 minutes, man. Um, all right, RIP to your bank account for that one. Um, shout out, shout out to Alonzo Menafield, upsetting the parlay. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, Cody Cody No Love also returning to the win column. What do you think about his knockout win, man? I know that he's a guy, thirty two years old. I don't want to say he's back, but two wins in a row, both pretty dominant. What'd you make of his knockout win over Brian Keller? Good. You know, I, the, the one thing I, I kind of thought about afterwards is like I think at one point in time, this fight for me would have been a no brainer. I would have been like, oh yeah, Cody's got that in the bag. But going into this fight, I was kind of like, I don't know, dude, Brian could drop some bombs, you know? I was a little worried. Uh, but we got, like, glimpses of that old Cody Garbrandt, man, and that was really funny. So you, you saw him get a little cocky, too. Like, do you remember the last time where he got, you know, he started playing around a little bit like that? Like, it had been a while where he had, mm-hmm. I feel like he felt comfortable enough to show that side of him in the middle of a fight. And I was kind of like, whoa, tone it down a little bit, buddy. You know, uh, it's not <laughs> done yet, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like he he was definitely uh he was definitely scaring us for a minute there, but in the end, dude, that's why I said it was vintage Cody No Love, dude. I mean, he was taunting out there. He looked happy, two wins in a row. You know, it's it's fucking crazy to think about, dude, but this is the first time Cody Garbrandt has had a winning streak in 7 years. He had he you know, he had the law, he had the three losses in a row. He had one win sandwiched in, knocking out of Sunsau. Lost to Rob Font, lost to Kaikara, 
2023, the year of no love, man. He probably brought it Josh, back two wins in a row. The last time Cody was on a win streak was when we were in high school and we were 15 years old. I know it's fucking crazy to think about, dude. Dude, it's so fucking crazy. For, former chump, former not former chump, former champ, Cody No Love, by the way. Wild shit. Exactly, very wild shit, dude. Uh, so shout out Cody No Love. I love seeing him back, man. Love to see it, and uh, hope he's doing well, man. Because whenever he's on, he's one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC. Just haven't seen that for a long time. Uh, regardless, though, man, uh, Ariane Lipsky straight up fraud checked Casey O'Neill. I don't know what she's going to do from here, dude. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, now she's 26. I know she's 26, but, man, her last three fights, getting nearly losing a striking battle on the feet for 15 minutes to our girl Roxy, you know, <laughs> getting dominated by Jennifer Maya, now getting dominated by Ariane Lipsky, man. Fucking brutal last couple fights, man. Interested to see how she comes back um, and how she responds. Um, and then the prelims, Tiger picking up a big win, Andre Feely picking up a knockout win, Shamil picking up a knockout win. For the final UFC card of the year, there were there were a lot of bangers, a lot of big moments, and uh, there was one last big moment that we forgot to forgot to forgot to mention. Uh, obviously, a big night of fights for UFC 296. Would you make a Sean Strickland's first title defense in the crowd mm-hmm. against Rikis Duplessis? Oh come on, Josh! Why why did you have to ruin it? You know there was there was a retirement on this card, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, dude, did you forget there's a retirement on this card? The retirement of ring card girl, Brittany Palmer, Josh. How ignorant <laughs> of you, dude. God, you're right. That was the biggest news. That was the biggest news of the weekend. I don't know what I was talking about, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is sick, Josh. I can't, I can't believe you just brought that negativity to the show when we had such a beautiful moment this past Saturday. Just sick to my stomach, you know? You, sh- you should be upset with yourself, honestly. I, I am, dude. I am upset. I can't believe I didn't mention the retirement of uh, of, of Brittany, dude. Um, you know, And there was women. I think there's two people who retired. It was another ring, co- ring card girl, too. Uh, I believe one of the ring card girls announced that she was pregnant. Well, I think might have just recently announced that she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, it was Ariani. Ariani retired, too. Oh, shit. Yeah, Double no re- idea why. Double retirement fight? <laughs> Double retirement fight, bro. We were hey, we were there in UC Kansas City to see uh who was it? Ed Herman and Zach Cummings retired, dude? Like yeah. now we got Ariani and Brittany, bro. It's <laughs> We were we were not there, but we were present there. watching the card which they retired on. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh but anyways, man. Um yeah, overall, dude, finally you see the card of the year. A lot of fun. Just to kinda of summarize it. A lot of fun, straight up chaos, and uh, hope to cut to close out a an interesting year for the USC. I don't want to say it was a good year. I mean, I would say it was a good year, you know, but there was a lot of bad too. So, and we'll recap it next week. So I don't want to talk about it too much now. But regardless, man, um, there is no MMA. There is no MMA. PFL's off. Bellator obviously on hiatus while they kind of reinvent their uh, themselves with with the PFL. One championship off as well. Nothing to really talk about except. For a major boxing event going down this Saturday night from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Yes, this this card, December 23rd, was supposed to be the date of Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk settling uh, their rivalry, crowning the first heavyweight champion, unified heavyweight champion in over two decades. Unfortunately, that will have to go down in February due to our boy Francis Ngannou fucking turning the world upside down, man. Boxer of the year, man. Boxer of the year. <laughs> Damn straight, brother. Um. Anyways, yeah. But as a result, we are getting this this kind of makeshift card 
that'll hopefully lead into a big fight in March. Obviously, that being between Anthony Joshua, who's fighting in the main event, and Deontay Wilder fighting in the co-main. However, I mean, both of these guys, I don't want to say they're both on upset watch, but I could easily see both of these men losing these fights, man. Uh, We'll start off with the main event. AJ taking on Otto Valine, all in, 26-1-0-1. We know the story a bit here with him. Uh, we, I definitely shit on this guy before his fight with Fury, uh, and I don't think that was entirely undeserved. I mean, he, he fought nobody of relevance, but he nearly upset Tyson Fury in 2019, ended up losing a close fight on the cards. Since then, he is undefeated, beaten names like Dominic Brazil, and is coming off the biggest win of his career or over uh, former unified cruiserweight champion Murat Gassiev, who you know previously gave Alexander Usyk a really tough fight back in 2018. Coming in here hot, man. Coming in here hot, facing Anthony Joshua, who is not really coming in here hot. I mean, he knocked out Robert Hellenius, who's taking on, uh, took that fight on one week notice. Prior to that, he had a close fight with Jermaine Franklin in April. What do you think about this fight, man? Twelve rounds. I know that uh, Joshua is a very heavy favorite on on the the betting line, as he understandably should be. But uh, what do you think about this one, man? It's it's going to be an interesting night. I'm excited, man. I, when this match got announced, for one, I was happy for I was happy for Otto Ballin because it been it took a little while, right, to get back into the, the big light. You know, he got mm-hmm. his opportunity against Tyson Fury, uh, you know, a few years back now. And like I said, we watched that fight. We we kind of we're like, well, we know what Tyson's probably gonna end up doing here. But I was just, you know, I don't know if at the time, but uh, you know, I know for sure after we were just kind of like, you know, credit where credit's due. He did a lot better than what we thought. Obviously, the cut that you know the the oh, ever so famous cut that happened on that night. Which is something that was brought up a lot, and people. Were, and I remember, you know, the whole conversation is like, if it was anybody else in there, would they have stopped it? You know, that was the whole big thing. And uh, I mean, shit, you know, time has gone by. Like, like you said, he's gotten a few wins. He got a big win recently. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of this AJ matchup. I don't think it's a give me. Uh, I think AJ has a tough game opponent, Otto Valin, a guy who matches up decently well against him. I think in height. Um, and like I said, AJ's giving us some scares. I mean, I'm not going to say AJ's a fraud or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I don't think any win with him is kind of like guaranteed at this point in his career, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's had a few interesting moments uh, recently uh, during the fight and post-fight where he's kind of had uh, just some interesting decisions he's made. So, I don't know, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> The use, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, man. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, going into this fight, man. I mean, look, I really, I really want to say that Olive Valine's going to do it. I really want to. I got a weird feeling, man. I mean, there's a lot that makes me think, like, damn, he really might pull it off, dude. I mean, just a couple of things, man. For one, very similar in stature, 6'6 six, six versus 6'5 six, and a half. Actually, 6'5. If, if you put a half, I'm, I don't trust you. Um, it's just, uh, you know, coming in here, he's undefeated since the fight with Tyson Fury. And that win over Gassiev is just so underrated, man. I understand some people are like, oh, you know, Gassiev, he's not really proven at heavyweight, which is true. You know, he, he was much more uh, dominated at cruiserweight and, you know, gave Alexander Usyk a tough fight back in July of 2018. Um, not exactly a, a close fight. I mean, he, he had like one good round, but still, I mean, he's, he, you know, he was still a former unified cruiserweight champion made to the scorecard when a lot of other guys haven't been able to. Um, 
And yeah, Valine just fucking dominated it, man. Uh, similar to the way Usyk did, and I can't overlook that. I can't technically that was a split decision, uh, but you know it's boxing, dude. Like I, I actually watched that fight. That fight was not close. Josh, I think, if I fought and went to distance, I could probably get a split decision. No, I mean shit, dude. I mean if 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 I was the if I was a big enough draw, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I gave Gassi like three rounds in that fight, three four. But yeah, anyways. You know, Valine coming in here strong, man. And I have not liked what I've seen a lot out of Joshua. Now, granted, his last two fights, you know, he's with Derek James with a new coach. And you know what I find interesting, Angel? I'm not sure if you know this, but do you know who he's training for, training with for this fight, AJ? Dude, I feel like it's about to be something. It's not Tyson Fury. Okay. No, no, no. But he's not training with Derek James. He's training with our boy Ben Davison, former Tyson Fury trainer. Who was in the corner for the Valine fight back in 2019? Interesting. Yeah, so AJ, I guess he said that he's going to go back to Derek James afterwards just for this specific matchup on short notice. He wanted to work with Davison. Um, I wonder why. I wonder if he, I don't don't want to say worried, but he kind of felt like maybe he recognizes Valine's probably better than people would probably, people give credit him for, like, credit him for. Yeah. I'm assuming that's it. Uh, I'm assuming that's probably it, dude. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting fight, man. I think it's going to be a very interesting fight. I don't want to say Valin is going to pull off the upset, but, dude, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility either. I mean, of these two fights, I give Otto Valin a much better chance of beating uh, AJ than I give Parker of beating Wilder, um, which we'll preview in a minute. But just official prediction, what do you, who, do you, who do you got on this one, just for, just for the sake of argument? Oh, I got Joshua. I think Valin has some upset potential here. I think if you wanted to do a little side bet, potentially make some plus money, I don't think it would be a bad option. Um, not financial advice. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, no, I, I I think uh, I think out of all the guys uh, who are probably underdogs on this card, I think he's probably one of the I think more favorable favorable ones in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. But if he does shock the world on on what would it be Saturday Saturday morning, I guess Saturday yeah. evening. Uh, don't go don't don't be surprised. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And one last thing I forgot to mention, which is which I feel dumb for not mentioning, is one of the main reasons I think it might upset him. Otto Valin is a southpaw. It's not easy to fight a southpaw. In fact, Joshua has two losses to a very to a very well known southpaw. Just putting it out there. So, uh, gonna be interesting, man. Gonna be interesting to see how he deals with uh, his size and his. Uh, I didn't. I didn't, know, I didn't know me and Joshua fought twice. Josh, God, that's good. Shit, dude. My bad then. Uh, <laughs> anyways, man. Anyways, uh, yeah. And very interested in this fight, man. Very interested. A lot of upset potential. And uh, I will say there is some upset potential in the co-main, too, just by virtue of the fact that, uh, you know, Deontay Wilder coming back in here hasn't been seen for a year. He is almost 40 years old. I believe he's 30. Yeah, he just turned 38 two months ago. Um, hasn't been seen since the knockout win over Robert Hellenius. Over a year ago, prior to that, he had two losses to Fury. Taking on Joseph Parker, who, you know, 31 years young, um, 33 and three. He's won three fights in a row against you know lower level competition. Prior to that, he got knocked out by Joe Joyce. He's also kind of suffered um, losses at the very top echelon of the division. Obviously, lost to AJ, lost to Dillian White. You know, he's not not saying that he hasn't beaten some good guys. You know, that jo- that uh, Ruiz win, granted that was controversial back in 2016, but he's had some very big moments. Um, what do you think about this matchup, man? I mean, I'm I'm a big Wilder guy. I mean, I think we've talked about that on the show. We've <laughs> very entertaining guy. 
Um, uh, yeah, there is you know, still a po- you know it. You know it. Bomb <laughs> squad. There is definitely, a, but there's still a possibility that he could uh, suffer an upset loss here, man. No, yeah, I mean it's been a while, right? Also, Joseph Parker, game guy, willing to box, go to distance, get it as a scorecard. It's tough, right? You know, you know, you're never going to question Joseph Parker's toughness. But Josh, I, I hate to say it, I think it's be Bomb Squad. <laughs> you think you're going to get him out of there? Then I take it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I believe so. I'd be I'd be in shock if he doesn't, honestly. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. That's fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm on a similar page here, man. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know Joseph Parker has dealt with a lot of damage in his career, and for a long time he was thought of as a guy, maybe not with an uncrackable chin, but a guy that had like a very, you know, an incredible chin. And then that I, I can't I can't stop thinking of that that fucking Joe Joyce fight where he got bombed on round after round after round, man. Um, got knocked out for the first time in his career. Um, I can't get that out of my head. I, I think Deontay Wilder's going to put him down, man. I I think Joe Parker has a, a, a lot of damage, been through a lot of wars. I think if this fight might have taken place five years ago. I could honestly see Joseph Parker finding a way to maneuver the big right hand and maybe pulling off a win. I mean, very, very quick, especially during his prime. And I want to say he's out of his prime now, but, you know, he's about, he's going to be 32, actually, uh, in about two weeks. And he's dealt with a lot of damage, been through a lot of wars. I'm going to go ahead and take the bronze bobber to get it done, which if these two do win, I will say, I got to point it out again. If these guys win, they will reportedly fight on March 9th in Saudi Arabia. Apparently, it's not a done deal. Yeah, not that long from now. Um, apparently, both these guys. Yeah, apparently it's a done deal. So, um, going to be interesting, man. Going to be interesting. By the way, dude, boxing. The, only, dude, the only combat sport where a matchup can be made when two fights for the both of the guys are actively going on without knowing the results of it, right? Yeah, right. I mean, dude, they're playing with fire, dude. Saudi Saudi is playing with fire. They already they already got bit once. They already had to postpone Fury uh heavyweight dude. Yeah. <laughs> I guess their hope is that these guys just get bombed out of there, dude, but it's it's not always the case. That's literally the only thing I could I could think of, you know? Yeah. Um in terms of the undercard, there are still uh, some other actually interesting boxing matches, dude. Uh, taking a look at, at that full thing, if you have it pulled up in front of you, which fights do you most want to talk about? There's definitely a couple of big names on this one. I'm just talking about Dimitri Pivol, Lyndon Arthur, dude. I mean, they're, for one, they're fighting for a title, uh, something that's being overlooked. Lyndon Arthur, a good guy, but man, that Anthony Yard loss just, you know, like, I, look, I love me some Anthony Yard. I remember I was watching that Sergey, uh, oh my god, or not, uh, Kovalev fight, not Sergey, my bad. Kovalev fight. Way back when, and I think you are tagged him, I think, relatively late in that, and I was like, is he about to do it? Is he about to, <laughs> and it, and then no, it, it didn't happen. But he, it got me a little going. I, I was always, a, uh, like, I, I enjoyed Anthony Yard, but I recognized that he had issues, and he was probably not gonna, not get to that high level, but he, he made it really, he's made it really far in his career with what, with the talents he does have. Uh, but no, obviously, I mean, it's a title fight, Josh. I mean, these guys are gonna put it all on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, I fully agree. Very excited to see B-Ball back, man. And, you know, Saudi Arabia, goddamn, like, I really have a lot of the, my own issues with their sports washing and so on and so forth. But apparently, from what I've heard, like, they if B-Ball wins, he's going to fight uh, Better Beat next summer in Saudi. So they're just making all these fucking... They're just Good. Making the, 
Yeah, they're making, they're genuinely the best, the best thing to happen to boxing right now in terms of actually getting fights done. Like, that's hilarious, dude. Um, regardless though, dude, I, I mean, obviously, Bevall taking on Lyndon Arthur, Lyndon Arthur, you know, this is, this is, I mean, I don't want to say a tune up. I'd be very surprised if this fight was close. So, um, that's all I got to say about it. I mean, Lyndon Arthur, he's, I've seen this fight against Anthony, um, Anthony Yard, he seems to be, you know, a British regional level talent. And that's not trying to be mean. And I understand he got an IBO title. That's how he got this fight. Uh, won by knockout in September. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, even the guy he fought, I, I doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So it's like, you know, it's just one of those oh, things. Oh man, man, Josh. Oh man. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, I hate to mean, but isn't that how you can generally measure it? Like, is there, is there a time whenever somebody doesn't have a Wikipedia page and they end up just like, <laughs> Like I feel like it's a pretty good rule, you know. Like there's probably been there's probably been one guy, right? One guy who beat the odds. I mean, yeah, well, there's guys who are significant who don't have Wikipedia pages. Like I'm surprised that uh, oh, never mind, they just fucked up. I was about to say Mark Demore doesn't have a Wikipedia page and he's fighting on this card. I think he fought David Hay, but they, he does have a Wikipedia page. So never mind. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just mentioned he's going to fight uh, Philip Hrogovic on the undercard. Should be a fun one. Um, the rising Croatian undefeated. Who beat, uh, By the way, Zilli's they really net. did throw like three young heavyweight like up and comers. Granted, some of these guys, I say young, but they're up in age, like Mahmoudov, who's thirty four. You know, not old, but definitely not a young. You know, twenty eight year old. You know, coming into his, you know, into his time and taking a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Frank Sanchez then- finally getting getting his like shot at something kind of big too. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's good. it's a it's a banger of a card. I really gotta. I mean, I I really gotta say also, I feel like I'm like in fucking bizarre world, dude. Like this card. Do you know how much this card is, by the way? How much? How much is it charging for it? It's thirty nine ninety nine. Oh, dude, I'm actually willing to pay that quantity. Dude, it's th- it's half the price of the UFC's card, and I'd argue this from last week, and I'd argue dude, that this is, is better. fully worth your money. Yeah. 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 Is that not fucking crazy? Dude, at first I was like. I was like, I might just uh, go to my local Buffalo Wild Wings if you're catching my drift, Josh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Me and the boys were thinking about watching this one, and I was just like, well, I guess we're going to have to go to V-Dubs, you know what I mean? Nah, man, nah, man. I'm willing to spend the the 20 bucks between me and some other guy for that. Yeah, dude, 39.99 is not bad I will say, 39.99 with the zone. If you don't have the zone, you do have to pay for the zone. That is true, that is true. I believe, and, you know, you do have to pay for the the description to it. But that's the case for ESPN, too, you know. How much is the the zone uh, subscription these days? I don't, I don't have the zone. I have no idea. (laughs) I was just curious if you just have it enough or something off the top of your head. No, no, I I don't know. I mean, So, 24.99, by the way. Oh, really? Twenty four ninety nine. So I guess so if you end up paying for everything, I'm sure it ends up being around. Fucking, what would it be? Uh, day reckoning, pay for some month. Well, actually, I'm looking at it right now. Well, yeah. Well, you you almost end up paying what you pay for a UC pay per view. Mhm. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also though, you got to think about the fact that the zone's been having pay per views for a while now. And I think they charged Devin. I think Devin Haney read his program it was like sixty bucks, dude. Like crazy. I just can't believe this 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 card's that low. But regardless, yeah, man, it's gonna be an excellent night of fights. 
super fucking excited for it. And it's two days before Christmas, dog. I mean, how can you not love that, you know? Like, getting sent straight into the fucking holidays off of this, you know? One last fight we forgot to mention, by the way. The, the I mean, the, the return of Big Baby Miller. I understand he's had a couple of lower-tier fights, but, dude, he's fucking back, dude. Like, that he's talking big shit steroid? To, <laughs> baby. That big steroid talking shit to everybody. He's going to fight Daniel Dubois. And, uh, man, I hope, I hope fucking Daniel Dubois, I hope he's fucking packing a lunch, dude. I mean, I'm not a big fan. I don't think Joe Miller has much of the top level, but I also don't think Dubois has much of the top level either. So it's like. Didn't he get into, with it, with AJ? Like when they were at the fighter hotel or whatever? Or like. Yes, he got into, I don't remember, I don't remember what exactly he said to him, but they did get into it there. They have like a legit beef, you know. Sometimes it's for the camera, but those motherfuckers don't like each other. But anyways, man, that is uh, that's all we got to preview for this week. Uh, We do have a couple of news pieces to go ahead and talk about before we go ahead and uh, make our way out of here. Um, Obviously, we we do have one thing to quickly recap. I I, I mentioned UFC recap. I can't believe I forgot about this one, Angel. Uh, Jake Paul returned to the (laughs) return to the cage. God, could you imagine? Uh, He returned to the ring. Um, well, shit, Josh, he, he will be returning to the cage soon. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he will. Uh, Jake Paul returning to the boxing ring facing Andre August. Uh, you know, we said, wouldn't it be funny if Andre August pulled the upset? Instead, he ends up getting flatlined, uh, suffers a first round knockout, got hit with the uppercut. Jake Paul taking care of business, uh, in style, dude. He said this is the, the start of his real boxing career. I don't know about all that. It was a nice finish, though. What did you think, man? I mean, it was good. I like, I like. We kind of talked before. I was like, at this point in Jake's career, no matter, in my opinion, no matter what, no, uh, no fight is free yet. You know, I don't. Uh, I generally don't believe that. And he was one of the guy who had a few bouts under him. You know, quite a bit around, decent bit of experience. Probably been doing this longer than Jake. Uh, obviously, he. Like you said, he was selected for a reason. He hadn't done it in a while. He just, he was was he coming off a loss? I can't remember if he was or wasn't. Uh, he was coming off a decision win. Prior to that, he was off of uh, act, out of action for five years. So yeah, and you know that the, those all played into you know played in as factors. And then on the night of, Jake kind of took kind of business as you would kind of see in a young up and coming guy who's trying to build up his record. He did it in good fashion. Uh, his jab looked good. I uh, definitely felt like that was an improvement. You could definitely tell the tools are being sharpened in the shed. Uh, I, I think it showed some growth. Uh, and on top of that, he took on a, a just a name in a professional boxer. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Credit where credit is due, man. He did what he had to do. I I, I got to tip it. You know, you could people are talking shit about that one and all that, but I'm like, you, you know, I understand because of the game he talks, but I'm like. When you look at his record, where he's at, you know, and all that, I'm like, I'd say this is actually a very respectable Jake. This is probably the most respectable Jake Paul win he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, this is uh, the most impre- – it's the best win of his career. You know, we can go ahead and say that. I mean, uh, by virtue of the fact that – like, look, I, I mean, I, I said this, like, a while ago. Like, whenever – I put, we had, like, a clip about this, like, that actually did pretty well. And we kind of talked about this fight announcement. but I'm like – Look, like this guy is a 175 pounder. He was moving up in weight, took it on short notice, been out of action for a long time. But at the same time, Jake Paul did exactly what he was supposed to do. He flattened the can. You know what I mean? 
like that. He took care of business in the way that he was supposed to. You can't, I don't have any criticism about this win, you know? Basically a flawless win. He didn't promote it a whole lot. He basically just focused on training. He said this is the start of his real boxing career, which I very much doubt. You know, he still has the PFL deal. And um, he immediately called out Connor, I think, afterwards in the post-fight press conference, McGregor. Or I couldn't remember if that was pre- or post-fight uh, press conference. We was talk about Connor all week again. Um, it seems like talk of a JJ fight's dead. You know, he had his sparring match with speed, which I guess was fine, you know. Um, instead, he's been talking about Vidal and all this stuff. I don't really know what's next for Jake Paul. But I will say, full credit to him. Best one of his career. You know, there's no contra- it was, wasn't, it, there was no close decision, you know, you can't, there's nothing you really take out, take away from this one. It's like an insult. Like he, like, for all the people saying to fight a pro boxer, he fought a pro boxer, you know? Um, also a lot of people don't really know how badly a lot of pro boxers are, you know, like, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but regardless, man, no, no criticism about it. If you had to, who do you, who do you think might be next? Do you think it's going to be an actual boxer? Or do you think it's going to be like a big name potentially? Well, well look, uh, you know, this past weekend he said that he was going to announce his opponent supposedly this week or not, you know, very soon. Yeah. I have no idea what he's going to do next. Like, I felt like his last two, I had literally no idea. Like, I, maybe there were some minor undertones that I could have guessed, but I really don't. And especially now, I really don't. I really have no idea. Is it going to be JJ? Is it going to be Vidal? I, I, I don't know. I just don't have any clear options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's kind of how I feel, too. I literally have no idea. Um. That being said, that being said, did you, uh, <laughs> this, this is a funny one. I, just, I think it's kind of funny because I swear to God, I, I have not heard of this man in two years. But uh, Tyrone Woodley was actually working Jake Paul's, uh, he was working yep. Jake Paul versus Andre August. He was on commentary, um, or at least he was doing some, some analyst work. Earlier today, he not earlier today, earlier this week, Tyron Woodley said that he wants a trilogy bout in the PFL cage with Jake Paul. Um, on a on a scale of one to ten, what, what do you think? What do you think about that, Angel? Do you think? Do you think Woodley actually makes sense if Jake Paul ever decided to fight in MMA? You know they could. You know it's funny they could make that match. I just I I don't know how to feel about it. Could you, could you imagine the dark universe where Jake actually beats former champ Tyron Woodley in the PFL smart cage? <laughs> think about that. I, you know what's funny is uh, I I can't imagine that. <laughs> I can absolutely imagine that happening, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, look. I mean, I I'll give this. You know, I'll give it like a five. Like of all the, of the options, you're like a medium. You know, you're you're right in the middle. You know, like yeah, like Jake Jake and Woodley had had a great rivalry. I'll say that they really did have a great rivalry. You know. Um, but I don't know how much. But at the same time, like it'd be MMA, so it'd be more interesting to me than if they, they God forbid, they did a boxing match, you know. But, yeah, uh, their first one, which was you know, eh, their second one, which was pretty eh, until the knockout. Exactly. Eh. Yeah. I don't know how an MMA fight would be. I mean, I'm assuming Woodley would just take him down. But I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, <laughs> his last, his last like eight fights overall has just been kind of him sitting there, standing, staring. I, I mean, Josh, stuff. at this point, I might be able to take down his king. Oh, Jesus Christ. Nah, fuck it, dude. I'll fight I'll fight Jake Paul in his MMA debut. Fuck it, you know? Like <laughs> get flatline for the check. I think that could be, I think that'd be a, a ten, you know. I'd talk I'd talk Josh, some shit, you know. Josh, Josh is like I'm shameless, dude. I'll I'll build it up, dude. I'll do the whole Dylan Danish, you know what I mean? I will, I'll give a fuck, you know? Um 
Anyways, man, jokes aside, uh, jokes aside. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they'll book this for Jake Paul's uh, MMA debut. I mean, I think they could probably get a bigger name, maybe Nate. But Nate said he doesn't really want to do it, so I, I don't know. We'll see. Which is that, weird to me, because yeah. that's like a payday for him. It is a payday for him, but he's shown interest in going back to the UFC. So, I, guess he, I guess he knows a, a Connor fight is it's much bigger than, than the Jake fight in the end. Yeah, and, you know, he lost to... I think that was, like, the best-case scenario, that fight for Nate. Like, he had some success. Um, he had some moments. He won the lot. I, I, he definitely won a few rounds, you know? Like, he, he had... He didn't he didn't um look too bad. He made a good account of himself. If he were to go ahead and face Jake in MMA and lose, that'd be catastrophic. You know what I mean? Like there are some guys who are able to like fight Jake Paul and like I feel like that Jake Paul Woodley fight to an extent in a lot of people's eyes like just completely changed their opinion of Tyron Woodley forever. I don't think that did the same thing for Nate. So I think maybe Nate's thinking, Okay, I escaped from that shit show with my reputation intact. I'm gonna go back to the USC and have an insane trilogy fight with McGregor, where win or lose, I'm making a lot of money, and I'm not destroying my legacy. Well, well, the big thing is, too, Tyron was a champ, and on top of that, he got knocked out, you know, whereas Nate has never been a champ, and yeah. he didn't get knocked out. You know what I mean? I think if you added all those factors to Nate, then maybe, probably, actually, people's opinion would change. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, man. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, That's, that's all I got about this, man. That's all I got about this. Jake Paul still... Says he's going to make his MMA debut next year, but he also does say a lot of things. I, I mean, I, I do question if he'll ever end up fighting in MMA. I mean, I, at first I thought for sure, but now he's talking about going all in on boxing and he's fighting, you know, guys like Andre August. Like, I, I really don't know. We'll see. But one man who's actually been linked to Jake Paul. Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> no, no, this is no. God, I, God, I wish, dude. <laughs> well, Jake Paul called out Canelo. I forgot to mention, that's who he called out. He called out Canelo after his win, dude. Fucking. Yeah, actually, yeah. he's called him out a lot. I mean, it's he's, not called like him, a, he's called him out a lot. He's not calling him out. He's just saying his name, really, what it is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he put he put up that poster, like, that said they, they were going to fight in, like, the, what is it, the, the Las Vegas Sphere, like, years from now, and I'm like, <laughs> Look, man. Hey, whatever you, whatever you, whatever makes you happy, dog. Whatever, whatever drives you, you know. I guess. Um, whatever lets him sleep at night. You know? Yeah, for real. Whatever, whatever makes you feel better, dude. But uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, good for him, I guess. But nonetheless, former WWE superstar Matt Riddle, who was released from the WWE earlier this year, uh, he reportedly tried to get a Jake Paul fight, didn't get it. However, he is officially announced at the MMA Awards, that he is returning to combat sports in 2024. Angel, what's your interest level? Who do you think he'll sign with? Who do you want to see Matt Riddle fight, if you do care at all? Oh, man, dude, I'm ready. Karate combat? (laughs) (laughs) Karate combat versus fucking Sam Alvey? Dude, you're telling me that Matt Riddle couldn't potentially win that? (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I mean... Matt Riddle, his striking was never that. I mean, he had some some great striking moments. But from what I remember of his UFC run, like, he was pretty mad on the feet. His wrestling was, like, his main base. Fun fact, I don't even think you know this. Matt Riddle beat John Jones three times in high school wrestling. I didn't know that. It was either high school or college. I can't remember. But, yeah. It's high school. Yeah. There you go. Well, regardless, yeah. Matt Riddle's back, dude. Uh, love to see it. I do, I do think it, it's going to be interesting, man. I think, I think he's a guy that I – if I'm the PFL – you know, I've always I I don't know why PFL hasn't hired me at this point, 
If I'm the PFL, I'm going out and signing him. Do you, do you think you do a better job in the PFL or in the UFC? This is actually a good question, Josh. PFL or any other company besides the UFC? Because the UFC doesn't like to do crazy off-the-wall things that often. And I feel like combat sports is a, it's it's the only place where you can do freak show and off-the-wall shit on a consistent basis and have it be, like, fine. You know what I mean? Like, it could be compelling, you know? Like, you can do crazy shit. Why not? Why not do fucking Matt Riddle versus Tyron Woodley, winner gets Jake Paul? Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that a lot right there. See, that's that's what I wanted, Josh. Now there you got you go. me sold. There you go. Now you're fired up. Now you're thinking, dude, fucking Matt Riddle, Tom Woodley on the undercard of Francis Ngannou versus fucking, uh. Some, some fucking random heavyweight? Uh, no, I don't even know, I don't even know who Ngannou will fight. Some random heavyweight is the best way to put it, yeah. <laughs> JDS. <laughs> JD, I mean, fuck, yeah, I don't know. Francis Ngannou versus Fedor Emelianenko. Fuck it. Can you imagine if they got Fedor to fight him somehow? Fedor already said, Fedor Emelianenko, he retired, dude, I love Fedor, right? I think Fedor is, We've, we've talked about this. I think he's had the conversation for the GOAT. I know a lot of, a lot of, it kind of makes me like an old head. I know a lot of, because now in like the UC, if you win three title fights, you're in the fucking conversation, according to them. But, mm-hmm. you know, he retired and instantly. He was another one of those guys who was like, you know what? I, I would like to box, you know? Like, it's just, it's like, uh, bro, what are you doing? Like, you're like 45, dude. Like, please. He's just got that dog in him, dude. That's all it is. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I know. I know. Well, you know what? We didn't even talk about this. Would you, what's your interest level? Because he actually did call out one specific guy. He said that he wanted to fight Mike Tyson in an exhibition boxing match. What's your interest level in uh, Fedor Emelianenko versus uh, Mike Tyson? See, that could oddly be fun. I, I, I didn't have a big issue. I think we talked about this actually like a while back. A long time ago. I don't think, I don't know if they ever got in talks or anything, but, uh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, in terms in terms of uh, to close out this particular subject, Matt Riddle, man. Uh, we'll see. We'll see who he ends up signing with if he does end up fighting in MMA. If it's just like trying to get interest from AEW or another wrestling promotion or whatever, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. This is these is the last bit of news, though. Um, man, Michael Venom Page is officially in the UFC. Dana White made the announcement following UFC 296 last Saturday. He will officially be facing Kevin Holland in March at UC 299. Is that the right fight for him? When, what do you think overall about his signing? I am very, very happy with this. I will say, though, I'm disappointed in Dana, man. Because after the, you know, after the, pre- like during the presser, he just drops it on us. Mm-hmm. He just drops it on us that MVP versus Holland is a matchup. Because I even told you, I'm like, dude, don't you think it would have been cool that when they were doing the, uh, what was the other press where they did? Not the pay-per-view one, what they call it? The, the seasonal press conference. The seasonal press You can't tell me, guys, that it was during the seasonal press conference, you know, near the end, you know, boom, the lights go off, music starts playing, or, you know, someone comes out, Joe comes out, and we have one more announcement, guys. Who would have liked to announce the signing of Michael Venom Page? You know? Yeah. Instead, we get Dana. He's like, okay, uh, fight bonuses are uh, Aldana, uh, Royval, and uh, Pantoja. And uh, we also have some matches that we've been in. Jeff Neal, Ian Gary will fight in Miami. And uh, Kevin Holland and uh, Michael Venom Page. Any questions? Like, dude. <laughs> like, what? Uncle Dana. Yeah. Uncle Dana, what happened? Where were the theatrics? We were excited. People knew this signing could have happened. Yeah. 
You know, it, what was the, you know, he probably is in recent time one of the free agents that we wanted or people wanted in the UBC or in general that kind of had some attention behind him. Because outside of that, who's it been? Like maybe Chandler, but even really then, I think in comparison to Page, like I think, I think Michael Venom Page probably got some more attention than what Chandler did. Um, I think it's close. I don't want. I don't want to say it's one way or the other, but it's pretty close. I agree. But with you no. But look, I'll, the thing is, why I think it's yeah. why there's some conversation is because he had interest by Bellator. He got in the cage. You know, he was there. He was meeting with people. Yeah, you're right. You know, where Chandler was kind of like, is he going to resend to Bellator or is it the UFC? That's what I'm saying. I think that's why I think the yeah. MVP free agency thing was bigger than the fucking uh, Chandler one at the time. You know, you make a good point. You make you do make a good point. Um. Yeah, you make a good point, dude. I, I think that it was definitely close. And, and what I will say is I fully agree with you. And that's something that even, like, we talked about, like, <laughs> like on fight night. We were just, like, talking, like, dude, like, could you imagine if they would have done that? I guess he's not signed, you know? And then he was signed. It's like, what are, you know, what the fuck are, are like, I don't know. It it, uh, it makes no sense to me. Makes I saw, no I saw some funny video of like Michael, why Michael Venetian said you see before the end. Like, the guy had done like this whole breakdown. He's like, if you look, the UFC glove in his promo video is on the right, and Michael Venom Page is right hand. I shit you not. <laughs> and there was more to it. There was a lot more to it. He's, it was like he's been seeing taking pictures with a lot of UFC fighters. Not really yeah. any PFL, like a lot of bullshit like that. I thought it was funny though. Well, he was seen with Dana, too. He took a picture with Dana. I can't remember uh, where they met. I think it was a Nabi Dabi card or something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, they, they were, uh, <laughs> like, he's been around for a minute. So for them to just be like, you know, uh, I definitely think it was, like, a situation where, like, Dana was like, okay, that main event just sucked. I feel like I got to get out there and say something. That's that's what I think he probably felt like he had to do, which what sucked because that's not what he, that's, like, the worst case scenario. What a, Why would what you a, not just announce that fucking fight? You know? What a company man moment, right? Yeah, I just, yeah, I did not understand at all why they decided to go ahead and announce it after the card, announce it during the card, or even announce it at the press conference. It would have made way more sense than announcing it after the card, but yeah, whatever, not, man. Not, I guess even, that's, not even that, but even leading into the main event, we get guys I just got word from the UFC that they have just signed Michael Venom Page, you know? Yeah, like, there, there are so many, because then you have, like, 296 is one of their biggest cards of the year, and you have, you're setting this up, and you're announcing, okay... This guy right here is the real fucking deal. He's fighting in March, you know, like showing MVP highlight reel or something, you know. They could, you could have played a promo too. They could have done a lot of things. They could have really done a lot here, and they dropped the ball. It was it's, it's honestly one of my biggest disappointments this year in the UFC. The fact that they didn't make this be a lot cooler, uh, like it should have been. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I mean, we got him here. You know, we can't complain. He's here, and he has a banger matchup. And to be on a pay-per-view, and I, they realize how – I think they realize his skill set, man, because they throw him right into the wolves, and the guy in Kevin Holland, who's game as fuck. By the way, those guys are going to have banger of a press conference. I'm sure that lead-up is going to be insane. Uh, by the way, the main event for that is – is that a Cejudo Cheeto? Or not Cejudo Cheeto, I mean a Sean Cheeto? It is, yeah, 299. So, yeah, I mean – and, and like, we didn't even mention all the other fights that got announced on that, but – yeah, that's a stacked fucking card early on in the year, man. That that could potentially already be card of the year, you know, to begin 2024 without even it happening yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, dude. I mean, dude, I don't know how the fuck they're going to compete with, with UFC. Uh, 
like three hundred, like a uh, two ninety nine. I mean, like they are stacking hey. that card up so so high, dude. Well, one thing we already do know for UC three hundred is I'm pretty sure we pretty much have Bo Nickel confirmed. Yeah, uh, which is like you know Bo is not going to be like he might be on the main card, he may not be. You know that's the other crazy thing. But I, I thought that, I think that, at least for me I was like that's a good sign. I think Bo being on on it is good. It's been a while since we've seen Bo. Bo's got a lot of fans behind him. I mean, already that, that's a big name already on the card, Josh, without his opponent even being announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And Dana did, did, did say that we were going to be like, holy shit, you know, off for spite. This guy's on the prelims, which one thing that there was some asshole who was like, but they're going to have Jim Miller on the pre- or some, or I forgot who it was. They were like, and I'm like, you fucking dickhead. Come on. <laughs> 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 you yeah, can't right. tell me that's not a good matchup, you know, regardless. Yeah. I digress. Anyway. Yeah, no, you, it, it's all right, man. Look, I mean, I'm excited for UC 300, but dude, I don't know how they're going to compete. I mean, UC 299 is so fucking stacked. So we'll see, though. We'll see. I mean, I, we, they still got a lot of time. They, he said that Jim Miller is 100% going to be on it, which, I mean, if he wins his next fight, I guess. I mean, he, he, medical suspension do matter, bro. I mean, but we'll see. We'll see. Hey, man, um, you just need a doctor to sign off on that shit. That's true. That's true. They can get anybody to sign off anything, dude, especially in Nevada, which is where it's going to happen. So. Um. Anyways, man. Any any closing thoughts? That's all we got for news. All we got for previews and recaps. Anything you want to go ahead and uh, tell the sound off fans or anything else we want to talk about? Oh, man, I'm excited to close out the year, Josh. I mean, we're not done yet. I don't want to. I don't want to break down the whole year just yet. But made it really far this year. We have the sound uh, sound off awards next week, which is always probably one of the funnest podcasts out of the whole year that we do. Obviously, every pay per view preview is fun. Every pay per view recap is also fun. But I mean. You know, to have a, a unique show where we aren't recapping fights necessarily is, uh, and for it to be as fun as it is, 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 is really cool. Mm-hmm. 100%, man. 100%. And yeah, man. I mean, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, definitely an interesting one because you previewed boxing a lot more than we normally do. Um, and hope you guys just enjoy it. We're going to do the sound off awards next week. Um, after that, maybe we'll have like a, a fan question week. We'll talk about news. Well, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big, a big way to close out the year, and 2023 has been so big for us, and we appreciate that so much. And I'm Josh. I'm off on Twitter. He's at NGRLShakeOut1 at Courtside Sound for all things relating to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. And Merry Christmas. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.